Welcome to the Words Matter Podcast, a podcast of First Baptist Church Seminole. All right, welcome to the Words Matter Podcast, a podcast here of FBC Seminole, and we're glad to be back with you. This time it was only two weeks in between podcasts and not a full month like it had been. Uh, we've made some changes to the podcast room. We got some new mic stands that have really freed up our sight lines and the way that we talk. Um, and I seem a lot louder uh, than I normally am. I feel like I'm just closer to the mic. I don't know, though. Maybe you're closer to the mic, yeah. Maybe that, that's what it is. Well, we are, we are glad to be with you today. And I'm going to turn it over to Garrett uh, for the question this week. What's your least favorite candy? We've talked about what's your favorite. So what's the candy that you won't eat? Wasn't it or, about this time last year we talked about favorite candy? I'm going to eat favorite Easter because it was Easter. And then yeah. we had we had a, a listener uh, yeah. bring us the bags of our favorite yeah. candy. Well, we don't want listeners to bring us our least favorite bag <laughs> yes. of candy. Yeah. yeah, do the opposite of so, what we say. I'll go first because this is very simple for me. So I am not in the habit of eating suntan lotion like most people are. I'm not in the habit of eating suntan lotion. So I don't like anything with coconut in it. So I do not like Almond Joys or oh Mounds, which happen to be Terry's favorite they candies. They are great. Uh, that's fine. Um, but it's like eating sun. All suntan lotion has coconut in it or I, whatever. Here, here's what I know is I've, I'm smart enough to not eat suntan lotion, so I don't know what that tastes like. I think it just tastes like I know like what it smells, smells like. <laughs> I'm, and I, act like you've never accidentally got a little bit on your lid never. when you tasted it. I've never done that. I don't like shredded coconut either. Um, but for me, the the, the biggest um, negative candy that you can eat is anything that's black licorice flavored. That's oh come uh, on! You had to have Completely known that was coming. Wrong. I watched you guys pull out a bag of black oh, jelly so beans good. and about threw up in my mouth. Is your love them? Dwighted black the whole licorice. Bag. Dwighted the whole. Got them all in your teeth. Black licorice is <laughs> what ate all the black ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's a communal bowl, Dwight. That black licorice is what kept the baby alive in Willow. And <laughs> I'm just telling you, Val Kilmer knows it's good. No, those are terrible. <laughs> that is like the worst. They're good. I love anything licorice. It's brain. Oh, it's brain mm. candy. You have to be. Yeah, I mean, it you have tastes to be like brains. You have to be sophisticated to like it. it tastes yeah. like brains. Uh, no, um, that's a hard pat. The smell, the flavor. There's nothing sweet about it. Um, it, to me, it, it smells like you know when they're pouring asphalt, like, and you get that tar smell. That's what that flavor. Just because represents. they're the same color doesn't mean no, that they that, smell the it same. It smells and tastes the exact same as that. No. I am not a fan. No. One hundred and fifty percent Heath bars. You don't like Heath bars? I hate Heath bars, and I think I have a theory that it goes back to evidently when my mom was pregnant with me, she craved Heath bars, and growing up when we made homemade ice cream, she wanted Heath bar ice cream. And I just can't, I can't do them. I don't like them. Why don't you like your well, mom? I didn't say I didn't like my mom. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. No. <laughs> what What's the What's the main difference? I'm saying I think she she like over saturated me in the womb, and there was too I much Heath bar it. in the blood. Yeah, I can't do it. I I don't know if I've ever really eaten a Heath bar. Isn't it like a Butterfinger? It's just toffee. not as good. It's a hard yeah, toffee bar. Yeah, it's, See, it's hard. If I gotta dig it out of my teeth when I'm done eating it, I don't I don't want it. I don't know. I just, I'm, there's not a really a candy I don't like outside of coconut, so pretty much everything else I and, like. And peanut brittle, and that's kind of a homemade candy, but, oh, and everybody says the same thing, you haven't tasted my peanut brittle. And I'm like, yeah, I have. I've tasted it once, 
That was an F. It's all I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, black Ugh. licorice jelly beans. To, just to go back to that, those are the ones you give to the kids and go, "Hey, watch this," because you know they're not gonna like it. Like if you've got to give it to a kid and go, "Hey, hey, watch their reaction when they eat this," because you know it's gonna be funny. Then it's not a good candy that anybody should be eating. So that's that's where I land at on, on the candy. Uh, all right, Garrett, thanks for the question this week. Um, so we uh, talked about what we wanted to talk about in the podcast this week, and we've got a discussion um, going through some articles and some books that we're reading, um, uh, but we're not quite ready to jump into that yet. And we still another week or two as we kind of build towards that, this idea of uh, uh, the word has escaped me. I can't think of the word. Um, Deconstruction. 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 Thank you. I, I, yeah. I was st- reading this book about it, and they use a different word in it. Um, but but deconstruction, and that seems to be a topic that a lot of people are talking about as they're looking at different things and, and asking questions about their faith. And so we've begun a dialogue and sent some articles, and um, Nick actually sent some articles to some of our seniors uh, uh, as well uh, on that topic. High school seniors. High school seniors. Thank you. Um, and and we're going to work towards a podcast talking through that. But there's a lot to talk about with that. Um, and so when I was looking at the calendar and visiting with these guys, we got to talking about um, the fact that it's been two years since the pandemic hit. This week. This week. Mm-hmm. Um, mat- matter of fact, um, if you'll indulge me for, for just one second. Church family, thank you for joining us live on Facebook and on Mixler as well. Two we years ago today use this time this morning to was our the very first homes, video broadcast. Homes, and uh, we pray that as we're live streaming these lives, yeah. times, that the Lord will yeah. redeem this I can't listen to myself God's talk anymore. Come on. Close to himself. You can end that. Um, two years ago today was our very first Facebook live stream um, because of the pandemic. Um, today, we were we are recording this on Tuesday the 22nd, so two yeah. years wow. ago today. Two years. That's Man, it crazy. feels like what's crazy is a lot, like, a lot of stuff happened during the pandemic. A yeah. lot of stuff that wrecked with people emotionally, physically— uh, a lot of stuff uh, economically happened, but yet it feels like it was t- two weeks ago. I mean, it, it's weird. Yeah. Um, we, we just got back from our spring break retreat, and that's where we were. Matter of fact, you had come up for the day, and we'd been there for a full day, 24 hours. Oh, yeah. And we got a call from a doctor who recommended that, that, hey, this is getting pretty serious. We need to come home because we don't know the details about mm-hmm. this. And we talked about it, and we packed up and left two days early two years ago to come home, um, not knowing that we wouldn't be able to meet in person for a few months after that, that that would be the last time that the youth would gather going into that. And so I thought, let's take a look back at kind of how that unfolded for us, talk through some of that, some of the things that we've learned, some of the things that God showed us, some of the grace that God had um, for us and for our church through that process and and, um, where we're at today, kind of as a result of that, just to kind of visit that two years ago. and so I'll kind of just start the conversation. Uh, we were, like I said, we were at Falls Creek, and we got that that phone call and, and decided mm-hmm. to come home and pack. And we came home, and I was in the office the next day, and you walked into my office and said, hey, uh, we need to get video cameras ready for Sunday. Um, we've talked, and we think it best that we not meet in person this week. Um, so start doing research. And I overnight became a, a videographer uh, for the church and expert on all things yeah. video. And you and 5 million other people. I'm, I called, I remember calling um, to get that mixer, that video mixer board. I called a guy mm-hmm. in California, Florida, Texas, and I finally got a hold of a guy in Wisconsin um, who had one in, oh, in his yeah, shop and yeah. overnighted it to us to get it here. And it took hours for them to check shops because they couldn't find what we were looking for. And mm-hmm. we got 
collected GoPros from Terry and Gavin <laughs> Crabtree and one that I, I had that. because we couldn't afford cameras to begin this because we didn't know if this was going to be a long-term, a short-term yeah. situation. Um, and then we met in the chapel that first week and we actually pre-recorded the service because we didn't think we had the capabilities to go live that Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, and then we grew into that once we, we learned that process. And uh, I remember thinking, well, this will just be temporary. Um, the last week, I've been watching videos on Facebook of me and Gavin Garner in the chapel doing sound checks, and I'm glad for Facebook memories. I know social media has got its own issues, but to look back with Garner and I over the last three days, him on camera, me on the soundboard, and switching back and forth and testing mics and cameras to make sure that it would be ready for us to go. Um, and so two years ago, that was a, a temporary thing that turned into kind of a, a long-term thing for a while there, um, where we... We started in the chapel and moved to the. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how long did we that first stint? Um, how long did we do the Facebook? Was it through like June, July? Uh, well, we started meeting outside in the summer. Oh yeah, it's in the summer. Yeah, so that's it was right. in June because yeah. I pre- I preached in June. It was one of the first ones we yeah. did outside because mm-hmm. um, yeah. we were supposed to do it and it rained uh, really bad, and then we moved it. Mm-hmm. And said, "Hey, we're going to yeah. meet inside, but because it's we're still not ready to meet inside yet." And then I preached outside, and the week after we were back inside. Yeah. But we started in March and went from March to June, which was an online only. Mm-hmm. And then we slowly started opening the doors. Not slowly, we opened them, and, and people started showing up. But we went to two services at that. Was point. it September that we started doing two services? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we yeah. were going to start small groups, and then and COVID, then we didn't. COVID struck yeah. our staff, and then we pushed that back to yeah uh, January, right? Yeah. But that's where it was when I started, and I remember those next couple of weeks. Is but we kept live streaming for like the next year, yeah, right? Yeah, but the next year and a half, yeah, um, um, keeping that option open for people. I, I believe Easter of last year we is about the time that we cut. Yep, live Easter, stream. Easter of twenty one, we stopped doing yeah. live stream. We went, yeah, just a Mixler. Yep, option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was just. It was kind of time. We were at that point, mm-hmm. and numbers where we were at, and, and trusted that that God had worked this through to get us to this place and we were ready to start gathering again. So a full year of live streaming on Facebook um, and a mix of together and not Mm -hmm. with a few breaks here and there of a week or two where we didn't meet together. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll never forget, we we pre-recorded this first one um, and then we played it on Sunday morning as if it were live. Not we were trying to fool right. anybody, but it was just the easiest way for us to figure this out. And I remember you walking in on Monday going, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Like I, 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 want to, I want to preach to my people. Like yeah. that was, it was one week and it was enough. And so then we started figuring out how to, to change that up from here and what that was going to look like going forward. And um, that's what I remember strongest from the beginning of this. What about yeah. you guys? Well, so you bring up a good point. One of my, so something that I deeply wrestled with through the pandemic was live stream, just in general, live stream services and live stream messages. Um, my personal persuasion is that I do not like live stream. I do not like broadcasting your service live through Facebook or whatever. Um, I don't have a problem with people posting their sermons and uh, whatnot after the fact. Uh, like we did that for a long time. We may, may do it in the future. Um, for me, uh, my conscience just didn't ever f- settle with video streaming 
the the entire service. Um, I don't know, and I understand. It's like well, people will go, well, you you radio stream. Te- I don't know what the technical term for it is. You radio stream your services, broadcast, broadcast your services on Mixler, mm-hmm. and I get that, and I and I get that may seem like a little bit of a uh, uh, a uh, what do you call it when you're? I just lost the <laughs> hypocritical. A hip, it may seem hypocritical. Um, I'm just here to supply you with words. That's yeah, all, that's yeah. All my purpose. Uh, so. And I get that. I get the argument that that seems hypocritical. So I, I want to be sensitive to that. But there's something in my conscience that says that there's a different element to the video live stream that that seems um, like a compromise. Um, I don't think I'm as extreme as the doctor, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his book, Preaching and Preachers, when he talks about um, when you're preaching for the purpose of learning, meaning in school or seminary or in just practices of preaching, you preach before an audience who's only there to give you feedback on how to become a better preacher— he refers to that as a prostitution of the of the pulpit. So I mean, uh, I don't know that I would say that that's what live stream is. I'm not I'm not that extreme about it. But to me, it feels in that moment when that church is gathered on that day to be in front of a TV watching a service. To me personally, just feels a little bit like a compromise. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my conscience just could never settle with that we did it for what a year and a half Mm -hmm. and you guys know this the whole time we did it i was just never at peace with it um and i'm not trying to say that my conscience needs to be your conscience on that i'm just saying that's me Mm. me personally so one of the things the pandemic did is it forced me to sort out how i feel and how i come to understand both in my biblical ecclesiology and in what I understand about the church gathered, how I feel about you know the, the use of our technology in today's worship services, I've had to come to terms with, with some stuff. So it's forced me into that. Yeah, and so. it's, it's really interesting. I, I shared a video with you a few weeks ago. Um, when the pandemic started, I started following guys who had been doing broadcast in their church for years. Um, to learn how to do it and started making phone calls. And this guy that I followed on social media was a big proponent of live stream services. And I sent you a video yeah, like a month remember, ago yep, mm-hmm. and he is flipped and said, this is anti like it yeah. before we, we needed it. It was a good resource. And now it's become a crutch for our people. And, yeah. and it's, it's given those that needed an excuse to hit the door, the final thing they needed to hit the door. Yeah. And he was against it now, which which wasn't to begin with. He and was, this is a guy who's kind of a name in the game. Yes. Like he's not just mm-hmm. some random guy that was doing this. Right. He's been doing know, this for a, yeah. for a while and has a big social media following. And a lot of the stuff that we do through our social media presence, I learn from him. Um, and it's the creative side. It's the font. It's the video stuff that he talks through. Yeah. And um, it was just really interesting to see his stance on this now to go this full 180 of, hey, if you're still doing this, you may need to consider for the sake of your congregation cutting the live stream feed mm-hmm. and going and posting online or offering a different option. Yeah. And and that was our thing. I, th- I think that we missed people. Yeah. I mean, when we went from, we went to two services, we still felt fractured. I mean, mm-hmm. we were still a family, but we were mm-hmm. fractured. Yeah. 
And we miss that seeing everyone together. And that was our biggest desire. I think this whole thing was to, to, and I, I, when I preached a few months ago, I used, I'm tired of using the phrase when things get back to normal, but we wanted this sense of normalcy of, of what we knew pre pandemic of what it was like to gather again without having to, I don't want to say you feel like you performed for the camera, but it changed Um, the way you preached. It does. Yeah. Uh, You're very mindful of it more so than you are. And you're, you're not just preaching to the sheep in your congregation, you're preaching beyond that. So mm-hmm. you are in the mindset of that the entire time, or my word's going to be heard by somebody in a different community and taken the yeah. way that it wasn't intended because my sheep know. And, so it really and I think that was that. one of the, and I think that's one of the, if I could just revisit, you know, one of the things for me that did draw the line between, you know, a radio or a Mixler broadcast versus a live stream was that element the people that we have that are part of this local body who listen on Mixler, they're doing it out of necessity for that day. They're traveling, they're sick, whatnot. They're doing it out of necessity for that day. The people that sit at home and watch live streams, in a lot of cases, they're doing that because they don't want to get up and go be part of a body, or they're not willing to for whatever reason. And so this is an easy... I don't know, alternative. Right. So maybe it's that the live stream offers an alternative, whereas the Mixler broadcast is more of, it kind of more fits the the prospect of, I'm doing this out of necessity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, we it, even had people close to you talk about the difficulty of returning to church. Right. Because of the ease of being able to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it is different than it just listening. It was a necessity for us for a while. I mean, we <clears throat> didn't feel comfortable at the beginning of this yeah. gathering. We were still had so many questions, and like everybody else did. And so it, it served its purpose. Uh, and then when we were ready to move on from that purpose, uh, we were able to do that. Yeah, Garrett, what did the, what do you remember about the beginning of this? How did this shake out for you? I didn't. I don't. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I, I remember making a comment. I think when you preached your first. The first time we re- reopened, we had it out in the parking lot. And I remember walking through the halls to come in here to get something that was needed outside. And I don't remember who I was walking with and talking, but I, I looked at, I, we're walking through the halls and I said, you realize that there's only been about eight of us in this church building for the past however many months, that most of these people have not been at this church. For us, it was normal. We were here. Um like normal. I mean, we were here doing the live stream stuff or getting things ready. And so we'd been in the church, but the majority of the people hadn't. And it was just kind of, I don't know, it was, it was weird. Um, and then through the two services, that was also very weird because I'd go home and my wife, she didn't stay for both, um, services. She would usually come to one or the other, but I was here for both of them. And she would say, you know, I didn't see so-and-so and I'd say, well, they were they were here in the second service, or they were here in the first service, and so uh, even though you may have had a lot of those people still coming to church, like you said, it was you felt separated because mm-hmm. yeah. you didn't see them, and you know you'd look over to the to the spot where somebody normally sits, and they weren't there. They were in the first service, but they aren't in the second service, and so it was hard to keep track of who's coming back and who's not coming back. Um, you know who needs who's in who's in a slump because of just the stress of this whole thing, and who's not. Um, that to me was the biggest, and and I was kind of on board with Nick 
earlier. I, I know you weren't on board as quickly, um, but we were going, we want to shut this thing down. And even to the point where I was going, let's shut the music down and just have the preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little more quick to be to that point. Um, I, I did not enjoy any of it, honestly. Yeah. I'm glad that we don't do that Yeah, um, was, right now. I'm glad that we don't have to do that. Um. And I, for me, one of the biggest things, one of the things that I learned from the pandemic, and you guys can can kind of, I know Nick's kind of shared a little bit about this. Um, I remember we were doing Wednesday night Bible studies, and so I was in the bridge, and I'd set up systems and stuff downstairs in the cafe, and had my video table set mm-hmm. up, and I had one phone set for Facebook and one phone set for Instagram because I got kids <laughs> who don't do social media, but their yeah. parents do, and yeah. trying to dial all that in and trying to include kids in that. Um, and I, and, and we would do a Thursday afternoon zoom study cause we weren't doing Sunday school on Sunday morning. So we would do a zoom Bible study based on what I preached on the night before with small group questions and games and stuff. And it was probably about a month before we started meeting again. And I was in the chapel holding these zoom calls cause that's where the video stuff set up and I could hardwire my laptop in. And we had this great zoom study for about 45 minutes and the discussion was great. And these kids are all over the place in their homes, in their cars, wherever they can be on the phone. Um, and, and there were probably 20 of us or so. And I remember closing out the Zoom call and then closing my laptop and just crying. And I, I broke down. I, uh, I missed being with my yeah. students. I'm, I walked straight from there to Nick's office. And I said, Nick, I can't do yeah. this anymore. This is, this is weighing. I miss seeing these kids. Uh, to hear where they're at and their struggles and their journeys and, and to know they're kind of getting fed over social media as they're walking through the same stuff, the, the, the scared, the nervousness, the anxiousness yeah. that they're walking through. They're not in school, so they're not around anybody. And I, I said, Nick, we've got to do something. I can't. And so then we started talking about the potential of the youth meeting on a Wednesday night and being able to spread them out. They weren't as susceptible in you know, distance and those things, and we'd follow these guidelines. And I was just... It was like Nick hit start and I was ready to go. I, mm-hmm. I will, that feeling of just, just set so heavy on my heart after closing that Zoom meeting out. And it was a great Zoom meeting. There was nothing to be yeah. said. It was just yeah. the weight of missing that and, and how much valuable our time was with these students and making the most of the time that we did get together. I mean, that was a big deal for us coming out of that. And I think that really plays into one of the, in your initial question, you know, one of the things that I've learned the most or God has help me understand the most is not to, one, not to take for granted what the church gathered actually is. You know, when you read, um, you know, Ecclesia, the church in the New Testament, when you read about how that is described and defined in the New Testament, it is a gathering. And we can't take for granted the opportunity that we have to gather, but we also can't um, dismiss the mandate that is in Scripture that Christians gather. Hmm. And so um, I really feel that the, the pandemic um, has helped me not just gain a perspective on fellowship and gathering and discipleship and those types of things, but it's, it's brought also a sense of urgency to teach how important that is to hmm. the flock. So... That's been helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my and my Sunday school class is going through Hebrews, and we were in Hebrews ten. It deals with uh, that passage, and don't forsake the gathering of the saints, as some are in the habit of doing. Um, and we talked Sunday about how the importance of that. Oftentimes, I think we think of that as 
I can't forsake because I need this. Uh, but really that passage deals with um, don't forsake because other people need you to, to build them up and to encourage them. Um, it's not a selfish thing. And there is something in that that um, if, um, as Paul writes, we're a body and each part of that body has an important part, it's very difficult for that to be uh, played out when you're not together. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it can't be the same. A phone call is not the same as an in-person meeting. Right. Um, I mean, that's why we, we tell people don't break up over text. It's not the same, <laughs> right? I mean, the, well, you could break about, up, you could break up over text during the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. That it was <laughs> okay then, but it's, it's not the same. I mean, it, yeah. there's something about sitting across from each other, gathering with each other, um, or one of the things that you talked about this this Sunday about the joy of hearing the church sing, mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that was very difficult. That part that was for me probably mm-hmm. the most difficult part. Yeah, was it's not the same when I'm listening to somebody else mm-hmm. sing on a screen. Um, you're not pulled in to participate. Not, no, you're not. No. You don't participate the same mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. Um, and you can be easily distracted. And it is different when you're gathered together singing together. Yeah. And I, I think that's something I learned to appreciate more. I, I don't think, I don't want to say I took it for granted when we gathered to, to worship and even singing, but I did. I don't think I counted it as a, the full blessing it is to be able to do that until the pandemic hit. It gave me a whole new perspective on what church worship looks like for us. And gathering on a Sunday morning is, is not something that we do. It's something we get to do. And it wasn't until it was kind of taken away from us that you really grew that appreciation for, man, I miss being with God's people. I miss, and we saw that in when we came back and people began fellowshipping little by little. And we, we would notice these little pockets of people who would stay after and it grew and grew and grew to what it is now. And we dismissed service and it's like, well, it's still got 45 minutes till everyone's out of the building because they... Yeah, we will never be the first yeah. ones. Well, it's not even us. I mean, the there's a lo- yeah. more and more people get added to that week yep. in and week mm-hmm. out. And, and I think we miss that. And I don't think we knew how much we needed that really until the pandemic hit. And God yeah. gave us this deeper appreciation for for what we, we were doing. Yeah. I think those are things that, you know, God has helped us... Um, God has helped teach us about what we read in His Word, what we understand about each other, the importance of those things. But I think another thing that God has uh, really, I'll just speak for me, taught me is He has taught me just a deeper treasure of understanding His sovereignty. Because if you think about all of the things in the world that ended because of the pandemic— a lot of those things ended because, one, when you're not meeting, when you're not gathering, when you can't go shop at this place, when you can't go eat at this place, when those things are over, those things end. But Jesus is the Lord of the church, and God is sovereign over that. And if we've learned anything about God's will and God's sovereignty is it was seeing His hand his authority, his reign, and his love for the church all tied in um, to, to who he is, that he would maintain and protect um, his gathered people. That may mean that there's a lot of people who have chosen not to be part of the church anymore, but 
there's a refining process that has happened through that, and under God's sovereignty and his authority over the church, that refining process is only going to make the church more faithful to his word, not less faithful to his word. Mm -hmm. And so we see a grand picture of God's sovereignty that for two years during a pandemic, it's worldwide, all of the things that have ended because of the pandemic, the church has not ended because it is not under full submission to man. Mm. Falls under the authority of God. That's good. And and I, I think, too, even in the church, it, it refined what we did. I remember we, we used the word prune a lot when it came to our calendaring and stuff, that, mm-hmm. that hey, we when we get together for such a short time, what's most important? And right. for us, it was the word. Yep. And so everything we did, not that it wasn't before, but we made very intentional choices with that everything that we do when we gathered was going to be intentionally around the word because we're only going to get them for a short period of time now. And it's that important that we do that. Yeah. And so we, I remember looking at our calendar and going, man, our calendar's empty and it's never been empty. Mm-hmm. Um, when <laughs> we had an interim pastor, Tom Eliff, uh, Dr. Tom Eliff was here and meeting with the staff uh, for a period. And he, he chastised us because our calendar was too full to calendar a calendar meeting to look at the calendar. Yeah. Um, and, and how busy we feel like we had to be in the church to feel like we were accomplishing something. And it's like God took all that busyness away and said, now go do what I've called you to do. Mm-hmm. And, and we were able to do that more so as a result. Hmm. Yeah, and that bled over even not just in the church, but for, for my family, that hitting the brakes and everything stopping was not negative um, yeah, right. to some extent because we were... Uh, every it seemed like every night of the week we had something going on and we don't we're not the we're not it was most of it was church related honestly we we weren't going to a whole bunch of ball games and events um but it was nice to stop and go we're going to reevaluate mm. you know what we do at home and um how we spend our time together um and and really it was good for us to kind of go we don't need to get back to the same level of busy that we were before. Yeah. We have to protect some of our time mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, I, I remember doing the live stream stuff too. I, I think I had been a almost a solid year because all the camps got canceled. Everything else I had done in the summer with students was canceled. We did our own version of Falls Creek. We called it Falls Creek Remix and did it just a little different. And we did it in-house so we could still gather with students at that point. Um it was going to a super summer exec staff retreat in, in January of 21. So maybe almost a full year after the pandemic, just shy and sitting in a worship service that I had no responsibility in because I was running slides and video mm-hmm. stuff and going, God, forgive me. I have, I have made this work. I, I have, ta- I have. And I remember thinking this was the first worship service that I had I talked to you about mm-hmm. that matter of fact, Garrett, that this was the first thing I wasn't hands on a computer, hands on a camera and able to, to actually participate. And I came home and I got volunteers. I said, hey, we got to rotate this out. I can't, and I had to let go of some of that stuff. And, and it's like God gave me this slowdown and I chose to make it busy instead of slowing it down um, through some of that stuff and, and being able to, to really truly appreciate even more so uh, the times that we gathered through a lot of that. Do you, do you guys think we did it well? I mean, if, you, if, we, if we could go back two years ago and we were in the same position, knowing what we know today, would we do it the same way? Hmm. I I definitely think that I'm not going to use the word mistake. Yeah, 
I don't know that we made because how do we you made even, the best decision? How do you we could even make. judge that during a pandemic, right? But if I look back on the last two years, are there some things that I probably would have had a different conviction over? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I I might have even if I could go back two years ago when everything was shutting down, I might have been a stronger voice to say we're not. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we wouldn't have. But I think looking back on it, uh, I might have been one of those voices that, like the John MacArthur, says, no, we're going to continue to meet because that's what we do. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there are some things I would want to do differently, but I don't want to use the word mistake. I think we all did. I think our healthcare providers did the, the best that they knew how to do. I think we relied on their wisdom, and I think – at the end of the day, you know, we very much value and appreciate everything that they were able to help us with. Mm. Um, but again, even for them, this was new territory. All of it was. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think yeah. we need to evaluate things differently. I feel like we kind of started at a crawl, especially when we got into the video stream stuff, and then we learned some tips and tricks to get better at that. And 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 I do think that that we probably had maxed out our potential on some of that stuff as far as the live stream goes and what we can and can't do through through Facebook and, and things like that. But being able to weigh that a little differently with the knowledge we have now, of course, we'd go back and look at it differently. But but yeah, I think in the moment, making those decisions, we get, I remember gathering with the deacons in Fellowship Hall mm-hmm. uh, with men mm-hmm. um, who were leaders in our church and sitting down and listening to Randy and going, well, what can you tell us? And him just going... I don't know, but it's not good. Yeah, and and having to make choices that yeah. I never thought I would make a choice and be considered a you know having to close the church for a period of time and not being able to gather. Like yeah. I never thought that would be something I would face in ministry. Yeah, I remember that meeting. We're mm-hmm. in the fellowship hall, and we can only yeah. we only had like we two said, or three people per. No, table. we said one at a table. Yeah. It was one to two at a table. Yeah, it was one or two to one table. One or two at a table. There was somebody else was at yeah. a table with me. I remember that, but you know we were all like spread completely out. spread out in the fellowship hall. And yeah. We had a Dr. couple Kent of those. Didn't know what to tell us, mm-hmm. uh, and we had to, we sat sit around and looked at these men in the eyes and said, "So, so we're not going to meet for a few weeks." And a few weeks turned into a few months. And matter of fact, this sermon clip I played. If you get to the end of the service, you're giving updates on, "Hey, this is youth are going to meet on Instagram, and oh, yeah. we're CR is going to meet on Tuesday nights through, <laughs> oh, through yeah, Facebook." That's Facebook. also it changed CR. I forgot about that. We yeah. Well, you want to talk about, you want to talk that. about a ministry that can't meet yeah. virtually. <laughs> Yeah, like that. I mean, I don't think really any ministry needs to be, meet virtually, but celebrate recovery. That's just like hmm. yeah. I think CR was the first thing that we that we live streamed. I, I'm positive it was because on somebody's we, phone. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. on mine or your phone. Yeah, because we didn't have because the video stuff we were, in we yet. stacked you know hymns what? up. You know what? You know what? It, we started off with your phone and moved to my phone, and you know why? <laughs> because it was an Apple. Because you had an Android That's back right. then. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we had we had hymnals stacked up on a music stand. on a music uh-huh. stand, I didn't and even we have a proper... propped it up because you didn't even have a stand yeah. for it. Yeah, I forgot that. That yeah, it was crazy, and that was awful. Yeah, that was celebrate yeah. recovery done that way is is well, and not on the, on the technology side. You it just felt like every time, and I'm sure that there were lots of churches like this. It felt like every move we tried to make with technology, we always had something that made it look like we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And there's just like, I mean, but we kind of didn't at some level. Right. And 
yeah, we had moments where our internet would cut out and it had, yeah. we had nothing to do with yeah. that. And yeah. the church was going, "Hey, dummy, the live stream's not working." I'm like, "I'm aware. I'm sorry. <laughs> nothing's working. <laughs> nothing's working. I'm yeah. fully aware." And yeah. sprinting down the church to go reset a router because yeah. we're we're trying to stream from the chapel and literally running through the hallways <laughs> as yeah. quick as my big body can move oh, to hit goodness. the reset button and hope that Suddenlink would get it back on. And for a long time, there was only. What was like we maxed out at like nine or ten people because because there was the ten people limit wasn't there? I don't know. I don't know if we and ever we, we had only like about nine it. or ten people when we. There was always a point of discussion, but right. it was never like oh we've got one too many people. Um, but yeah, we. I mean, I think you've got some pictures on your phone of those early days because you were like someone's got to document this, and it's pictures of me sitting behind a computer yeah. uh, with uh, Gavin Garner, you know, on the soundboard trying to dial this stuff in and work things in ways that aren't supposed to work through adapters that shouldn't work. Mm. Um, so Easter would have been, I believe, the first time that you had people that weren't a part of the, I don't know what word to use other than production, a part of making this happen, show up to a, mm-hmm. a sermon that you preached. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Easter of 2020, you were at like a low. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paula and... About six people showed up at yeah. the church. They just we said, we're going to come up. We're going to come yeah. be for church. And, and I do have a pic. I remember taking yeah. a panel Jerry Davis picture came. of that. Mm-hmm. Jerry Davis was mm-hmm. there. Now, was that 2020 or was that 2021? Did we do a full year of live stream? No, it was no 2020 because in 2020. 2021 we were meeting. Okay. Yeah, okay. We, had, yeah. Okay. yeah we were. Because I remember we were in the sanctuary, and because we didn't have long enough HDMI cables, we sat on the front row, the front pew, mm-hmm with the camera elevated on a cart to reach it up to your yeah. pulpit level. Yep. And behind us, we had Libby and your boys were there, and Patrick and Paula. We had, we had yep. quite, there was probably about 10 or 15. Yeah. Some of them were still wearing pajamas, but that's okay. Nobody else was. I was wearing shorts, a T-shirt, and I wore my Easter jacket um, <laughs> with my shorts and T-shirt that morning. So I thought, it's Easter. I got to get dressed yeah. up. Um, now, all that, I mean, all that aside, all the, the stuff we can look back at and we can go, that was chaotic, that was funny, that was a disaster, all that kind of stuff. The one thing that I thank the Lord for is um, I know that there's lots of people and lots of organizations all across the world that the pandemic has been absolutely devastating for them, and I want to be sensitive to that. But the last two years at First Baptist Church Seminole, and really, you know, the last year, and God has been so kind to us. I mean, it has been such—it almost has the sense of a revival— it feels like we've been coming out of a revival every month for about a year and a half, particularly about a year, just to see all that God has done. He's blessed us financially. He's blessed us with new people. He's blessed us with deep spiritual convictions. He's blessed us with um, a deeper understanding of biblical ecclesiology. He has blessed us with people having a deeper appreciation for the worship service. I mean, He has just been so kind to us. He's raised up new leaders in our Raised church. up new leaders. Um, uh, esteemed old leaders, mm-hmm. you know, who are now shepherding people differently. And it's just, I mean, God has been so, so kind in this pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, that's affected so many people. So I want to, I want the Lord to know that I'm saying what's in my heart and in my mind is what I know the Lord has done. And I want to say it with my mouth that I, I thank the Lord for what he has done. So. You know, you mentioned, this is really interesting, you mentioned um, that it felt revival-like, and I, I hadn't thought of it that way, mm-hmm. but it is, there's, there's most Sundays there are people that I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I look, I 
see faces that I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember we had we had a time of prayer for revival for mm-hmm. an extended period of time on Monday mor- Monday evenings mm-hmm. from like six to eight. Yeah, for like three months or something. Yep. Or, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, and you know, you every book you read on revival and everything you go to where, you know, somebody teaches on revival, you always hear them say, you know, you can't predict revival and you can't plan revival. You can pray for it, mm-hmm. but you never know when it's going to hit. And I just really feel like, I mean, it's like you're right, Garrett. I mean, each and every week I walk away from our time together on Sunday and I go. Can, how many how many weeks in a row can we be on cloud nine? How many weeks mm-hmm. in a row can we feel like God did something just so impressive and so amazing and so spectacular? It it it, it and it just keeps it keeps happening every week. Mm-hmm. So. And and the people have picked up on it too, and it because they're not pointing to one individual and saying, "Man, I'm glad at this church because so and so is here." Right. It is, yeah. I can't believe what God's doing in our church. Yeah, and absolutely. you hear that phrase over and over: what God is doing in our yeah. church, and the people recognize it. Yeah. Yeah, there That's is good. a there is a joy mm-hmm. that I I don't know that I'm I've seen, and I'm not talking about just this church, but I don't know that I've seen before. It's different. I've ne- I've been in ministry 23 years, and I've not experienced this level of corporate unified fellowship that is saturated with joy and enthusiasm. N- never have I. Yeah, and I've been part of some really good seasons in ministry, so. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a, a great, exciting season for our church, and and it may not be the case for every church, for every mm-hmm. every church out there, uh, and yeah. and but but God has really really blessed us uh, coming out of this pandemic and walking through this with Him and being able to um, to come out on the other side um, different. Um, I'll say I'll say different, changed because of because of Him and, and this deeper appreciation for gathering with God's people and gathering around the word and, and not taking for granted the times that, that we gather um, and looking forward to doing more. Um, I am constantly amazed at how much stuff we have going on here at the church, um, but I can't get enough of it. Like I, I want to fellowship. We've got a, we talked in staff meeting today about the spring fellowship and I'm looking forward to spending yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And in, in the past, I'm like, all right, we got to make plans to go to this, this event. I've, I've got other things I'm going to do, but I know I need to be there. But I'm genuinely excited about being um, with these people together as we, we plan this this spring fellowship. Which is April 8th. April 8th. Friday night, April 8th. Ice cream. Ice cream, burgers, on the hill. All we need to know is ice cream. Okay, ice cream. All right. Yeah, make your favorite ice cream and bring it up with you. We're going <gasps> to— We're doing homemade. Oh, Yeah. How, are you gonna bring it all? I want. I'm just need to. I want Misty Waller to make Heath Bar ice cream. No, <laughs> no. Her pe- butter pecan. Misty Waller's butter pecan is hands down the best I've ever ate. That's so good. Black licorice jelly beans and butter pecan. <laughs> you are an 80 year old man. My truck doesn't say I'm an 80 year old no. man. All right, we're gonna stop there. <laughs> but Nix does. Well, I want to thank you guys for for joining us today on this podcast. It was it was fun to look back and to talk through some of this stuff and to see where God's brought us and in this deeper affection and love that we have for for the church through this pandemic. And um, we we're thankful that you guys join in to listen to us this week. And over the next couple of podcasts, we're going to be um, talking about some different topics, some different issues, and stuff as we continue to 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 plan for that. So, thank you guys for being here. Any last words before we end this podcast? 
um, they matter. The words, the words <laughs> do matter. <laughs> This has been the Words Matter Podcast, a podcast of FBC Seminole. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.